welcome to this special edition of The Golfing Mind. Uh, today we're going to discuss the Ryder Cup, which has just been in Italy. Um, and as you know, our great interest in golf has a lot to do with not only its history and its traditions and the professional and amateur game, but the mental game, the mind games that people um, can apply to their own golf or can apply in towards other people when they're playing golf. So it's all a very interesting topic. But this year we've seen another Ryder Cup, which the score doesn't suggest how close it may have been. But I'm delighted to be joined by my uh, my friend Neil Faulkner, who not only is a keen and a very excellent student of the game of golf, he um, was he was there, as they say. He actually went to watch the Ryder Cup. Neil, welcome. Thank you, Robin. How nice to see you. Yes, I was there. And um, I'm back with a rather good tan from Rome, which was hot and beautiful. And as ever, golf, as we generally know it, took a back seat for a week as we saw the Ryder Cup unfold. Uh, very exciting. A marvellous event. Um, very, very well staged by the European Tour. Uh, it is not easy to stage big tournaments in 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 the south of Italy, and uh, hats off to them for managing that. Well, I I thought it was fantastically well managed. In fact, one of the things that really really impressed me was the prize giving at the end of the the third day. Rather than getting everyone to put their jackets on and march out in a parade and stand up and have speeches, they fundamentally just. Uh, got the Americans and the, the two teams together and short speeches on both sides. Uh, the Americans shook the hands of the European team and then the prize was given. I thought that was fantastic, very inspiring. Um, but anyway, we're not here to talk about the prize giving. I guess we're here to sort of reflect a little bit on the event itself. But what I found particularly, the reason I love the Ryder Cup more than any other event, there's more, any one shot in the final analysis can be the shot that won or lost the event. So the first tee shot on the first day in the first group out could be the shot that actually, when they trace it all back, was the shot. So I find every shot, every shot, watching the last nine holes of the Augusta doesn't have this level of excitement and that sort of gut-wrenching moments you can have. Uh, so I just think it's the best, the best sporting theatre in the world for drama and the, for three days it's non-stop but i wanted to get your thoughts on a few things you know it's long been the contention of the golfing media that europe is a more bonded team while america is somehow disconnected it's more fractured um i'm not sure what evidence they have to support this what was your your sense of that when you were when you watched the teams playing i a number of points there i suppose i was I, I wasn't surprised that Zach Johnson picked um, Spieth and Thomas in his captain's picks because I think those are the guys who who wave the flag for America and come out come out strong and really I think inject a a, a strong strong uh, degree of um, in encouragement enthusiasm within their side. But what what I what was surprised about was he didn't field them the first morning and they lost on the first morning four four zero and all I watched on the eighth and as I watched the Americans come through I just thought their shoulders were all down there wasn't really anyone who was 
giving them a push ahead. That 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 may be a little unfair, but they all looked that they all looked they all looked a bit restless, a bit unhappy. And actually, you know, those players, I suppose Deshambo might have been one that you might have added to the mix as a captain's pick as somebody who can raise a team and take it forward. Um uh, I don't know. They they if 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 you look at if you look at the scores over the days, Europe won day one five by five, quite fortunately by five. Yeah, and then days two and day three were both tied. So it was it was it was not a runaway win by any stretch no, of the imagination. I, I, and you know, maybe maybe this point that they make about you know, America, you know, not having played the, 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 their guys not having played for a few weeks. Being a bit rusty on the first day was was the determining factor. Well, the, there was an interesting thing there. I read in an article just saying that the uh, when it came to the BMW Championship, uh, which was played, uh, I think two weeks before the Ryder Cup, uh, the whole Ryder Cup team played, but they, they uh, Luke Donald made sure that the people that were going to be paired together played together, uh, so they got used to being with each other. They all went as a team out to uh, Italy to to play the course. And then spend the evening together around a fire pit and get very bonded. And I think, and this is just a personal observation. I've always felt American sport is very about the individual, even within the team. It's about the individual stars. And I do think that the Europeans have this fantastic connection to each other. And I have no doubt the American team have a fantastic connection to each other. I'm sure they really. But I, I wonder. It was interesting. Patrick Cantley got married the day after the Ryder Cup finished. And I'm not sure there were many of his teammates invited to the wedding. I think there was one, um, Xander Schiffley. I'm not certain, but that was it. I wonder had any of the European team been getting married the next day, how many of his their teammates would have been invited. And I suspect all of them. Um, but 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 talking about Jordan Spieth, his form. Well, I, it was there was there was a there was an interesting observation I think Justin Rose made after after the win, where he said that. There was an element that of all these players, if you like, holding on trust their position in the team for the next generation. And there's been a generational behaviour issue. It started off with started off with the you with with our team becoming Europe. Uh, it was Great Britain and Ireland until oh, I'm going to say '79. And I think the early days when Seve and Langer came into the side and their enthusiasm for the project has, has I think, come down through the generations. And Rose was very much concentrating on that in his in, in his um, in his answer to that question, which is it's ingrained. Everyone comes into that team wanting to play for each other. Yeah, and I think this, it's very interesting that Europe has Seve, who's become this uh, icon. This, um, I mean, I, I hate to use the word spiritual, but he's become um, the essence of the, I mean, it, it is like do it for Seve. You know, apparently um, when John Ram came on the end of the first day, uh, I'm not sure who he was partnered with, uh, his partner, when he had that eagle putt up the hill to tie the match, his partner said to him, do it for Seve. And Ram kind of reflected on that and laughed. But um, I, what I think is interesting is the cat. You know, that 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 um that 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 game, Robin. If I'm not um, mistaken, uh, just to give you just to give you some understanding of the quality of golf, uh, Kepka was 
Kepka and his partner were two up with five to play and finished birdie, 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 birdie. Only to finish square. What? And I think Good I think God. I think the teams I think the teams tied at at four. I think their scores were both fourteen under, which is quite yeah. good. <laughs> Beats my best round. I tell you, that's extraordinary. I mean, Ricky Fowler um, has been off form, and he got picked. And I think there was a little thinking of the slight, you know, captains chums. There's a bit of a clique, and but I think Ricky Fowler wears his heart on the sleeve. He's a gentleman. He's a very much loved. Everyone likes to play with Ricky Fowler. Um, but you know what's interesting is um Fowler and Spieth were two of his picks and neither of them won a point. Did he get it badly wrong, or do you think he was just relying on magic happening? I think it's I think it's really hard for a captain in that situation, isn't it? I mean you you are ultimately you don't you don't have any control or any particular influence over what goes on with the guys in the golf course. I mean, look at Fowler this year. He's played extremely well in the majors. He was very close in the US Open. Did he come close in the PGA as well? Can't remember. Guy on his way back to form. Part of that group of players who won so well um, two years ago and six years ago, along with Spieth and Thomas and Morikawa, uh, strong strong players who played well in the in the majors and um he goes out and loses um yeah hard i mean maybe off week don't know i mean he's the kind of you know he isn't the kind of player that the course was supposedly set up to um uh to 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 neutralize you know he was he was if there was a policy on the rough it was to grow it very long, said so you could neutralise the bombers, but um, Fowler isn't that kind of player. No, um, I mean if you consider, so the, I, I, I don't know. I mean if you consider the thrashing, alleged thrashing Europe two two years ago at Whistling Straight, do you think the Americans assumed it would just be more of the same because it's more or less the same team and on paper they were better ranked, they had the bigger names, uh, while Europe had a lot of players that were not in the top twenty or even the top. 40 the world rankings so do you think there was an the, the yanks got it the, the it was such a devastating win for them two years ago do you think they just thought more of the same because i i it, it felt like that to me but again that's me making assumptions i don't i i don't think that i have oh. no idea what they were thinking but i don't think they thought that and i think every pretty much every year you look at the Ryder cup uh, and the rankings of the players as they come in and up, the European rankings are significantly worse than the Americans. Um, you know, that said, I mean, I think our top players are the top players, you know, in 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 the in the world. And we did have players coming on to some big form, you know, McElroy, Hovland, Rahm. I mean, they're you know, they're top five or six players, aren't they? Yep. And and you know, Fitzpatrick. I think these Ram, are really, really strong players. No, no, true. I mean, I mean, without a doubt, the impact of the home fan base will always be a contributing factor. Did you see any negative behavior from the crowd that you thought, stop it? I mean, uh, I mean, were players booed or were they jeered or were there bad shots 
celebrated. Did you sense that? Because one got the impression from TV you can't tell. Not there was there was an occasional round of applause when somebody you know when an American knocked it into the water or something of that sort. As the you know as as almost inevitably these days there is, but very largely I thought the crowd was was very well behaved, um, and I thought the humour largely was 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 done with a very light touch. Now I think there's. A, there's occasionally somebody who'll shout something out which really isn't funny, but you know he should have been told that at school many years ago. Um, I, I I thought it was I thought it was good natured by and large, yeah, and certainly was... partis it was partisan. But yes. it is it's going to be partisan. You're going to call for your team, but you can call for your team and still be fair and generous to the other team. And I thought largely that was how it went. Yeah, I mean, do you think the the tide has turned on the balance of Ryder Cups to such an extent that it's now impossible for a visiting team? To, I mean, it's of course it's not impossible for a visiting team to win, but you know, as a five thousand. I mean, do you think Europe going to Beth Page Black in two years, which is just next to New York, so it's going to be a New York audience, um, and it will be. Rowdy and I, you know, I'm I'm going to be slightly not controversial here, but I'm sure some people aren't going to like what I'm about to say. But when I look at sort of all the conflict within the Ryder Cup, for some reason it seems to come from the American side. If you go back to uh, 1991 when you had the war on the shore, you know, when it was uh, Corey Pavin was the captain and they put them in military fatigues and combat hats, and it was like them and us, you know, because they just lost in Europe and. Nick Fardo said as he was walking onto the greens, he did people be chanting three putt, three putt. You know, Colin Montgomery in 1997 was getting such abuse from the crowd that uh, Payne Stewart is, was, was saying to the crowd, would you stop it? You know, that was 97. And then you had that incident on the green when um, the putt was sank by Justin, um, when, the, when the Americans ran over the green. And I just wonder, you know, if the Americans get really het up about it. And uh, then you had this incident with Joe LaCava. You know, I didn't see it. I didn't notice it. I watched the game. I didn't notice it. But, you know, do you think he accidentally inspired the European team? Because in the in the team room, uh, the, Rory said, because someone, they said, oh, he was he disrespected you. And McElroy goes, no, he disrespected Europe. He disrespected the European team. I mean, do you think the Americans take it too seriously? In that, when it I, all I think I, I think one of the things we might do after 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 those examples, Robin, is is go through to work out exactly how many factual errors you had on dates and people involved, etc. But leaving that aside, well, I thought I think I I think the general point. I think that I, I, I don't I, I don't know. I mean, I, I we stand here as Europeans. Um, do, you know, do some people take do some people take an equally dim view of the chanting of Europeans as 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 you've just taken of the of the way that Americans behave? I mean, I, I think I think golf is. Uh, I, I I was head back to Bobby Jones and how. 
Uh, Bobby Jones was a great sportsman who always played the ball as he lied, uh, as the ball as it lay, um, and you know, taught good grace and good humour throughout uh, throughout the game. And uh, long, long may those traditions of golf continue. And there are some people who you know aren't quite as humorous as others and there are some people who might have you know a beer or two too many and behave badly um I, I don't know i hope it's i hope it's um i hope it's as good natured in in the in in new york as it is as it was as it was in rome frankly well i think i hope it will be and i do i better qualify this by saying when the the europeans won in medina the american crowd was not mean to them they were very respectful i think anyone who loves golf will be respectful of other players. You might not like what they're doing, but I think to catcall and heckle, and I think what they said in games gone past, there were non-golfing fans turning up and just getting onto the beers. I mean, what I thought was, do you remember the match? There was a, a foursome match in the second day, and I think it was Hovland and Oberg against Kepka and Scheffler. And um, I think the Europeans... Oh, the nine and seven. Nine and seven. I, I kind of wish... Walking onto the eleventh green, Kirkka or Scheffler had walked up to Hovland and offered him a half. I think it would have been a fun, a fun thing to do, and I'm sure it would have broken the tension. But that was a that was a extraordinary result. Um, so there you go. I mean, Patrick Cantley offered him, a, offered, offered him a half. Yeah, offered the Europeans a half. You know, when, you're, when you're eight, when you're eight down and you're on the tenth green, I think it'd be quite funny. Funny. <laughs> Oh, I see. All right. Yes, yes, yes. Would break the. I was, I I was as a matter of as a matter of uh, cultural sharing, uh, waiting for them on on the twelfth green with a couple of delightful uh, guys from Boston, and um, as we saw the score ticking up, it got much closer to the possibility of being a seven and six. Um, then in fact it ultimately turned out. And so of course I was able to educate them on what a dog license was oh, and why yes. it's called a dog license. <laughs> and so they 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 both said, Hey, that's great. I'm gonna email my buddies right now. And so I think if there's a little if there's a little group of players at one of the Boston golf clubs quite soon who are chanting about uh and uh, dog licenses you'll you'll know where it emanated from yeah i didn't quite i didn't really understand i didn't quite get the cantley thing about the hat there was on the last day certainly and and, and he didn't help that cantley's uh caddy had been involved in this incident which i think rose and rose's caddy um did extremely well to diffuse on the last day, but was this issue about waving your hat, which I didn't quite understand. I mean, Cantley, you know, well, the backstory here, was... the, the backstory to that is that um, Cantley didn't wear a hat, and the rumor went out that he wasn't wearing a hat because he believed the player should be remunerated, and because they weren't being remunerated, he refused to wear the hat. That's the story that leaked. And it's not true story. It's just not true. Cantley, if you look at the previous Ryder Cup on Whistling Street, didn't wear a hat there either. And if it's if it was about money, he wouldn't play it. But so what it turns out from what I've read is that he was getting married on the Monday, and he had a very distinct tan line across his forehead from wearing a cap 
for 50 weeks of the year. And his he felt it'd be quite good to, to try and lose a bit of the tan line. That's the story. But what happened was the crowd started thinking that he wouldn't wear a hat because he was protesting against the lack of remuneration. So what the fans were doing were waving their hats at him. When he walked by, they just waved the hats as a, ooh, you're not wearing a hat. And so what happened when he sank that putt? Joe LaCava decided to give him a taste of their own mockery and wave his hat walking back and forward. And when someone, the, I think it was Fitzpatrick's caddy said, you need to move. And he goes, hey, we've just been getting our butts kicked for the last four hours. I'm celebrating. And then he kind of walked up and McElroy spoke to him. And then he got a bit chest puffed out. And, you know, McElroy is by far the wrong guy to to do that with because he's not going to to back down. As you, as you I don't know if you saw the viral video of him being pulled back by uh, Shane Lowry uh, coming out the back of the clubhouse. Have you seen that? I, I did see that, but it wasn't <laughs> as good as the video of Shane Lowry chipping on the oh, 15th on the last day. No, I don't know for the people. I would, I, would, I would encourage everyone to have a look at that. That is so funny. The poor Marshall oh, who know. took the brunt of it, but it was, it was, it was, um, it was deliciously funny. It was, but you can see, you can see the tension in, in Lowry's body language and the stress that he must have felt. I, I, what do you think of this? I mean, I was curious about this. Um, the, the the live players, in particular, you know, Westwood, Poulter, uh, Stenson, uh, didn't turn up at the event because it's not they're they're still resolving the terms and conditions of going forward. And McElroy made a comment. He said, "You know, they're not missed." And I thought it was an unnecessary comment, but I think what he felt or meant by it was because they weren't there, the younger rookies weren't suddenly um, in the shadows. Suddenly the, the younger rookies could be in the spotlight. You think there's any truth to that? Well, I think I think one of the things that this Ryder Cup has done is it's it's brought on, perhaps as a consequence of what you say prematurely, it's brought on a number of players who might well be locked into Ryder Cups for many years. I mean, you look at that list. I mean, I know Hovland did play two years ago, I'm pretty sure, but he's cemented himself as a major player in that team. Uh, McIntyre, you know, McIntyre won two and a half out of his three points. And I must say the captaincy that um, that Luke Donald displayed in pairing him with Rose was was just outstanding you know you have to, to have justin rose beside you in those four balls would have been so reassuring to the oh, oh i know, mean I, young lad I, ludwig I, looked ludwig looked i mean ludwig probably wouldn't been have been in the team had you know all those live guys been around but i mean he is the real deal that guy and stracker and i don't know how old stracker is but stracker and hoygaard i mean they will they will benefit from this immensely i would have thought yeah, but so what... I think it's I think you know we Europe won the Ryder Cup, and it's blooded a lot of young players. So I think that I think that bodes quite well for two it years. Does. Time. I mean, I mean for the European team, just as a matter of course, McElroy was four points from five matches. Hovland was three and a half points from five matches, so he also played five. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton was three and a half points from four matches. John Ram was three points from four matches. Fleetwood was three points in four matches. McIntyre was two and a half points in three matches. Ludwig uh, Arberg was two points from four matches. Rose was one and a half from three. 
Shane Lowry is one and a half from three. Matt Fitzpatrick is one from three. Poor old Matt Fitzpatrick. You know, he's, he's played some great golf and it's uh, he's just, I think he hadn't scored a Ryder Cup point up until this year. Sepp Stracker was one point from three matches. Hogard was half a point from three matches. Uh, but he'll have his day in the Ryder Cup again, I'm sure. Uh, whereas in the American... I, I do think the point... The point you make about about Matt Fitzpatrick is right, I think, because he, poor guy, he um, he played. Not that I think this worries him at all, but he played with Rory on the on the first oh. afternoon. I'm pretty sure, and uh, I think Fitzpatrick from the second or the third went birdie, birdie, eagle, birdie, birdie. Yes, and yes. Um, just and, phenomenal. And and the news the news around the crowd was that Rory was you know Rory was up. Oh, poor fellow. That's hard. But anyway, there we are. But then if you go to, if you look at the American team, I'm not going to, um, you've got Ricky Ricky Fowler played 2-1-1. Uh, Shoffley played 4-1, one point. Morikawa played 4-1-1. Uh, you just, I mean, Jordan Spieth, one point from four matches. Scheffler, one point from four matches. Sam Byrne, one point from three matches. And then you get Justin Thomas at one and a half, Wyndham Clark at one and a half out of... So... That's the tail of the tape, as they say. But I think, well, sure. But I mean, you can, you can, you can read more into that than necessary because it, it it's match play. You yeah. know, you can have oh. some games tied at seventy two, and you can have some games tied at sixty four. And I, I watch Morikawa quite a lot. I like Morikawa. Morikawa as a player, and he and his his golf looked tremendous. And yet yeah. there he is with a losing record. So. Well, out of curiosity, yeah. you know, getting to see all these guys up live and close, who impressed you just with their swing, their swagger, their, their air of confidence, their air of assurance? Because I'm sure some people, the body language might be a bit like, I thought, I mean, every time the Europeans stood in the tee, they had their arms around each other's waist or shoulders. They were that, where the Americans weren't. Now, that's as a sort of a mind, a mind game person, I can see the difference. That That sense of connectedness, that bondedness, when you hug a person, put your arm on their shoulder, you pull them in tight. Um, there's a lot of evidence to say that when someone's been in an accident, when you put your hand on their forehead or you put skin-to-skin -skin contact, their blood pressure comes down, their heart rate comes down, and their confidence, their sense of reassurance goes up. So just something as simple as that. And I'm not suggesting when you play for London University Old Boys in the future, you start hugging your fellow on the first tee. <laughs> but, but it is an interesting observation I saw that I never saw one pairing on the first tee on day one or two not have their arms around each other's shoulders or waist. And it just, I feel bonds them in it. And this has got to be a game of inches. I mean, I think this at one point in the singles, Neil, I thought the America could do it. It looked at the, if, and you know, and you played enough match play to know that two up with five to go means nothing, you know, so, but now we come on to the the final day. I just wanted to ask you about um, the the gimme putt, you know, because the American media have sort of said, and Paul Azinger said, you never ever give a putt to lose or I mean, to, to let the other team win the Ryder Cup. It was, and it was the the American press said it was two foot and eight inches, and you and I know two foot eight inches isn't a tap in. Um, do you think that was an act of a concessionary act of just good sportsmanship? To, to 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 put off the inevitable or to speed up the inevitable or do you think he was he just assumed he was done 
Do you know, I I can't I, I can't really say. I mean, fa- fa- th- 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 this was this was on sixteen, wasn't it? Is that right? This was when on Fowler conceded no, to Fleetwood. Sixteen. That's right. It's on sixteen, and there were both and Fowler was one down on the sixteenth tee. Cracking uh, hole, by the way. Really good hole. Really good but, hole. I mean, a tremendous golf hole. Yeah, was good, was lots of good... lots of you, you might not have seen the undulations in that green. They were very clever. That bailout to the left into the rough was really hard. Yeah, there were a couple of great shots out of the rough. Fleetwood, I think, hold out of the rough one day uh, on sixteen. He, he did. He always hold out, and he did something. We would have been. We would have been leaving it in there or whacking it in the water without any doubt whatsoever. I mean, it was very, very tough stuff. Um, no, but if you ever get a chance to watch the highlights in the old when, when 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 Fleetwood chipped in. Right, but it was about a foot away from the hole. He turned and looked at the crowd. He knew it was going in. I mean, it doesn't get cooler than that. It doesn't. It's, but that's a so. What happened was Fowler had won the previous hole, so he's now one down with two to play. So he could still win, and he hits his ball in the water, and Fleetwood steps up, and he hits a probably the drive. Fowler called it the best drive of his life. He hits it to thirty feet. He hits it almost pin high, and then. Fowler takes a drop and chips it to four feet. So Tommy Fleetwood now rolls it down. He leaves it about just under three feet short. Fowler would be to putting would be putting for a four, uh, but he then elects to give Fleetwood his putt for a three, uh, which meaning it's uh, he's now two up with two to play. He's got the half point, and that was the half point that got Europe across the line. But uh, so, I, I so think- all right. Yeah, well, I, I I don't know. I mean, what what would um, if if the if 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 Fowler's uh, if 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 Fowler had conceded a two foot putt, would that have been acceptable? And well, it's interesting. I would. I mean, I think you know, know. you've got to find something. Got to find. It was quite interesting in the press conference. They asked Tommy Fleetwood about the the gimme, and they said, "What did you think of the gimme?" And he went, "I'm glad he gave it to me." <laughs> Because you know, yeah, of course. I mean, but he's you're always you're always glad when somebody gives you a putt, no matter what how how long it is. I know. And I, do you know what was Ricky Fowler not trying? I'm sure that's not true. Um, no, oh, I think. He, Ricky, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think slightly swept up in the slightly swept up in the circumstances. That sixteenth was a cauldron of a green, and. Um, you know, he was two down and had that, you know, had that putt for the, for, um, I, do you know, I don't know. I, I, I was, no, I, mean, I was, I was mostly surprised that Fleetwood wasn't asked to putt, but. Me too. I, um, I would, I would never, I've got a rule of thumb, never give someone a putt for a win unless it's such an obvious tapping that there's no way it could be missed. But a two and a half foot putt could be missed. And suddenly you go from. Uh, it's stormy. It's it's uh, one. You're still one down the two to play, and then you know the tension gets into the play. Anyway, who knows? A, a final comment I was just saying is the course in Rome, and you're you're validating this was just a spectacular spectator course, and they've created these these risk, high risk reward par fours. They've created great theatre, great drama, uh, do or die shots. The spectators have fantastic options to sit in one vantage point and probably watch two or three holes simultaneously. Um, do you think we're going to see more of that in the future in Europe, 
custom-built Ryder Cup courses uh, as opposed to taking it to, you know, the, like you wouldn't take it to the old course because the spectators wouldn't see much. Um, do you think we're going to see more new courses as part of a business package? Like you'll get the Ryder Cup in five years, but this is what you have to do. To This is what we expect. Do you think that could be the way forward? Well, I think, I think, I think yes, actually. I was, I, I thought when I watched in Paris that I was skeptical going to Paris five years ago, but when, when I, when I saw them play that course, it was, it was pure drama. It's pure theater. And some people may say, well, it's not really proper golf, but you know, it is a, it is, it is a form of golf. It was, it was great fun. It was very, very, enjoyable and it was you know very dramatic and you did have to play good golf shots wherever you went there are only four groups on the course uh on the first two days so actually getting visibility is very very important if you've got a flat course i mean my first experience of riding up with the belfry in the 80s where it's a oh. flattish course couldn't really see anything so you need elevation and you can't simply create elevation i don't think through stands i think you need i think you need um hillsides dunes uh natural areas where you can watch from and that makes that enhances the spe spectator experience i think the i mean the other the other thing that is is relevant is i mean there's a question mark as to whether you know where you can where in Europe, you can play at this time of year. Uh, the the Ryder Cup was earlier in September. You know, the last day was first of October, wasn't it? I mean, could you could you play a Ryder Cup in Sweden at this time of year? And you know, you'd you'd have to say that Sweden deserves a Ryder Cup. Oh, they given that it's yeah. contributed so many outstanding players, and given that it's um. You know that it's 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 uh, the the, contrib the sponsor contribution is high, but can you can you play it? Could you play it in Sweden now? Um, I think these two these these last two these last two events have been uh, have been terrific because uh, they um they 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 have they they've been in places where you can guarantee or guarantee you can you can you can be you can be more realistic about good weather. Well, I mean, the next Ryder Cup in Europe is in Ireland at the Adair Manor. And uh, I don't know anything about it, so I'll have to... Do yes. It. I'm not sure how, you know, it looks quite a flat course from what I can see, but I guess it's just to put all our stands up. And, but it's I think the Ryder Cup's now become the biggest event in golf. I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, it's bigger than the either, any Open, I can think. I think there's more drama. And I think the money it generates is probably... Somebody told me that bankrolls the DP tour for it doesn't bankroll it, but it underwrites it because of the profit they make from it. Hundreds of millions of you know dollars are spent on TV rights, um, all the different sponsorship rights. So, uh, so there you go. So, before we wrap this up, um, a, a couple of other things I was thinking do, do you think, um, that this you haven't, you haven't, Robin, yet you haven't, you haven't, um. I haven't referenced the fact that this was the second great week of uh, consecutive European golf performance, given the girls won in the oh. Solheim Cup in Spain. Oh my which God! Was did you see that finish? Did you did the the Spanish 
girl, I can't remember her name. She finished Birdie Birdie. And Again, her, yeah. And her two iron shots, you've seen them, they were like just to two feet, just like, just, oh, brilliant. Fantastic. No, it's, And it's, they came back from 4-0 down on the first morning as well. So, you know, outstanding performance on on their part there were some uh, some great players i i went i went to the went to the course in rome um on the the sunday morning found myself on the tube sitting next to um uh caroline hedvold who was the who was which did she deliver the final no i think i think um i think skander delivered the final point but she was she played extremely well and uh Oh. There she was out supporting the guy. So, you know, good you, for did, her and did, good for that oh, good team. For him, Suzanne Patterson was also there, I think. Oh, wonderful. I mean, you know, Jordan, I think I'm not, I don't have the numbers to my hand. So uh, I think Jordan, you know, me and fact checking, not necessarily are all found on the same page, but somebody said that Jordan Spieth, when he lost a singles match, was six or seven under par. Um, uh, if, if that's true, it's a, I'm sure it's a testament to his the quality of play. Was the course set up to produce birdies? Do you think? I mean, because they when they play the the Italian Open there, you're not seeing minus minus twenty four doesn't win it. I mean, it's so. Do you think the course was set up to produce birdies? Oh, or you can't tell. Um, I I think the course. I think that I think the. I mean, it had. I love short par fours. Whether it's good risk and reward, and each of those par fours, that's number five, number eleven, and number sixteen, were terrific risk reward holes. I don't know how they play them in the um, in the Italian Open. Maybe they're not quite the same, but as far as match play goes, they were just outstanding. And yeah. um, it goes to show you don't need you don't need length in order to create drama or difficulty. Oh no! And actually, I think I think I think Spieth. I think Spieth. I, my notes say that Spieth tied his singles with Lowry. Oh, that, oh um, there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, so he didn't lose. That's a thing. The the other thing I think the Europeans did that I hadn't been aware of was the depth of their statistical analysis was almost otherworldly. You know, rather than just say greens and regulation and stuff, they worked out greens and regulation from what distance. And it turned out the Europeans were better at hitting the greens from 160, 70 yards than the Americans. Um, I don't know if you read that, but and this was Molinari um, doing this in-depth analysis of, you know, so they set the course up. So the second shots on the longer par fours would be a mid-iron. Um, interesting. I mean, it just shows the depth of research, which brings us to the final question. Luke Donald, do you think he should or would want to stay on? Because uh, he's played in six, he's been involved in six Ryder Cups and he's lost none. He's won every Ryder Cup he's been a part of. No, not many people can say that. Yes, that's a very impressive record. I I I did I did hear did hear somebody um mutter that but before before Liv came along the the likely captaincies in Beth Page would be um Mickelson and Poulter, given that they match the sort of what you might what you might expect as the fieriness of the um of 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 the location. But that I don't think is going to happen now. Do I think Luke's a 
good do I do I think he'd want to do it I've no idea whatsoever um I mean he's very familiar with the states I think he's I think he's um I think he's I think he's a cold-blooded killer Luke yeah and I think he's he you know clever clever captain um realizes what realizes that he can he can set the he can set the context for everyone to play from and does that very well. I thought the way he put his teams out, he played everyone on day one. Very impressive. I thought the way he blooded the new guys was clever. I thought he put a good lot of um, players out for his singles in the right order. He he also played this. He also played. He, he also had them playing three whole games. Did you did you read this? That read this, yeah. That you, in, the, uh, in the when they went for the they they went out and they played they played effectively they played you know three holes against each other, so sharpening up their their uh, match play okay. instincts. Oh, that yeah. But so I, 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 it, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't trouble me seeing him as captain at all. Now, what I think is interesting is you know, and Europe won, so congratulations to Europe. I just wonder had Europe lost. By the Americans rallying in the last day, that we'd be turn- we'd be having another discussion, going, you know, he got it wrong, Luke got it wrong. <laughs> Let let's us tell you why he got it wrong. But I think he got it as right as he possibly could. I think I think Europeans are very very bonded uh, in a way that, and I'm not sure. It's a, I'm, I put it down to a cultural thing. I think it's just a, there's a collective unity in Europe. You see, I, I, here's the thing: I've been to America as you have many many times. I've been to football games. I've been to basketball games. I've been to ho- ice hockey games. Uh, I've been to college games. And you know something I've never, ever heard in any stadium I've been in, Neil, is a chant. A chant. But you go to any soccer stadium in Britain at the weekend, you hear some very funny chants. And even I saw this chant on the, on the first tee. I don't know if you went to the first tee in, when you were in Italy, but the, they started singing, we're on the left side, we're on the left side, we're on the left side of the tee. And the group behind the tee go, we're in the middle. I mean, the so I think Europeans have this collective consciousness that works for them. I'm not saying it's always going to mean they win, but I think it th- there's just something there. Um, and I remember you and I played a, a competition, a fun competition that we just jokingly called it the Atlantic Cup. And uh, we'd sort of, as a team, of the eight British guys would play golf and then we'd, We'd go out to a bar and stuff like this. And when we went round to see our friends, our American friends, they'd be sitting watching television. And uh, so I often used to wonder if what why that was, but maybe we had a drink problem and they didn't. So that I, 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 I presume I presume your I presume your your podcast, Robin, has has no American listeners, given <laughs> <laughs> given what no, you've been no, saying on about contrary, on the contrary, all the Americans I met. All the Americans I met at um, in Rome were absolutely delightful and you know thoughtful folk and uh, contributed well. I, I do think the first the first tea, the first tea experience, and I, I went on on the, the Saturday twice. First tea, first tea experience is like nothing in golf. It is it is extraordinary. It felt very gladiatorial. Um, and you know, one wonders one wonders whether one wonders whether that is the type of thing that you know they will try and leverage off. Um Why not? you know, can you, you have that first tea experience somewhere else on the course as well? You know, I don't I don't know. Um 
Now, we'll see. I, I, Neil, I agree. So I better qualify this. I've been to a couple of Ryder Cups, and I've found the American fans just so courteous, polite, good company, good humoured, good natured. So I've never had any personal experience or anything. And I, it just goes about how the teams meld. And I, I know that, uh, and it may have something to do, and I think it might be a, a cultural thing at a very subtle level. I mean, I don't know. Um, but lots of Americans dress up for the Ryder Cup. You've got the Vikings. Or the So they really embrace, a lot of them do embrace that spirit. But I do just think wherever the chants come from, I remember when McElroy played in the first Ryder Cup, the, ch the chant went up, you've got the Big Mac, we've got Little Mac. <laughs> I just think, who makes this stuff up? It's brilliant. But uh, so that's that. So, do you think um, Europe can? Well, I think I think there are I think there are I, I, I think there are groups, unofficial groups, that spend a lot of time um, making these chants up, and uh, it's really? it's quite an interesting dynamic to see how those how those guys get the whole crowd participating. I mean, you, you more conventionally, I think we see Mexican waves, don't we? Yeah, and actually trying to get a Mexican wave started in a crowd. Is not an easy thing, really, as an nope. individual or as nope. you know a group of twenty or whatever it is. Likewise, trying to get a chant going, but but there we are. Um, it was so, it was it was great fun. It was a it was a terrific terrific event. And well, I agree. You know, I think well done to those the, those who staged it, hosted it, who don't get as much of the credit as they should. It was a terrific event, and. Um, it is. I mean, long, long, long may it continue. No, I agree. And I think it is, is a great, it's a great event that uh, promotes golf. And I, I'm told that it's the third. Um, again, another statistic I had to check on. It's the third most viewed sporting event globally uh, after the Olympics and the World Cup, soccer. So it it is it is just yeah. fantastic theater. And I just wonder, um, you know, because I don't think in the Presidents Cup. Um, it gets quite the the coverage, but uh, this is an event that will just run now for years and years and years to come. So more power to them, and I've no doubt at all. Europe, when they go across to America, will find a very resilient and ready uh, opponent. So, so there we have it. Anyway, Neil, it was very well. Kind. And I tell you what, let us let us give let us give credit again to um, Jack Nicklaus, who in the seventies went to. Um, Lord Derby, who was um, the man who was in charge of English golf at that time, something of that sort, and said, listen, you know, this is not a contest. Nobody's really interested in seeing America beat Great Britain and Ireland quite convincingly every two years. Why don't you get uh, the continent of Europe involved? And that's been transformational. Well, it saved and, the event. Um, I think it, saved, I think uh, it actually saved the event. Um, and because well, I'm, I'm sure it did, and it's made it made it into a tremendous event. And um, yeah, I mean, do you remember? Do you remember the Ryder Cup? Do you remember the Ryder Cup at Walton Heath? I do. Yes, I, I'll tell you. I, I'm only going to mention this in passing. If you ever want to see a photograph containing five or six of the greatest player who ever lived, look look at any photograph of the American team. You've got Watson. You've got Nicholas. You've got Trevino. You've got um, Weisskopf. It's just this team. And then they look like, they all look like they've come out of central casting, good-looking, suntanned, immaculately dressed. And then you sort of see the, the, the Europe, or I don't know, the British team. And it's like, as Tony Jacklin told me once, he said, the, the sole came off his golf shoes on the first day. And he said they were sort of, 
there were rubber shoes. So things have come a long way since then, and we're pleased for it. I think that American team had one only one player who hadn't won a um a major um won a major. Good heavens! Well, so I mean, they they were an astonishing team. Yeah, truly. And sadly, and one final mention before we go: our friend Brian Harmon. Um, did you see Brian play? Yes, I did. He played very well. Uh, he, uh, he was, was he was he was a he was he was what, what what was his record? He was he won two, lost two. Uh, he's really he's a really strong player. You know, he doesn't make mistakes. He uh, doesn't. It doesn't bomb it out there the way that some do, but he's a really, really impressive player and very difficult to man to play in match play. Yeah, I, you're funny enough. I thought it was putting. When you think in the Open Championship, was it he made fifty-seven out of fifty-eight putts under ten feet? Um, I thought his putting let him down a little bit, uh, but a lot of his putts from five and six feet were just rock solid so there you go anyway well that's it for this week and neil thank you very much for joining us um as always if you're interested in the mental game of golf uh do visit seagergolf.com there's a link uh, in the podcast uh wherever you get your podcasts from uh and that's it until we come back in a week's time and then we'll be back in the real world and away from the the drama the excitement the tension the thrills the spills the glory and the theater that is the Ryder Cup. Until we meet again, all the best. <laughs>